1 John chapter 5, verse 10. I want to preach this morning on once saved, always saved. You know, it is well with my soul. Amen. You know, we sing the song, but is it well with your soul? If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm here to tell you, it is well with your soul. You might not realize it. You might be doubting it. You might wonder sometimes. But I'm here to tell you, there's just going to be two witnesses to show you that it is well with your soul. That once you're saved, you're always saved. You know, people, people don't agree with that. Some people will argue with you till you're blue in the face. But it don't matter what somebody thinks. It don't matter what somebody believes. Is what does the Word of God say? And I want to give that to you this morning. I want to show you that there's two witnesses to eternal life. You have, there's going to be two witnesses to eternal life. And that's starting in 1 John chapter 5. Look at verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, made God a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. My friends, you can know that you have eternal life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you can know where you're going to be tomorrow if you pass away. If you die tonight, you can know where you're going to wake up in. I just read it to you. Verse 13, these things are written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. You believe on the name of the Son of God, amen. That ye may know that you have eternal life. I'm here to tell you this morning, Brother Keegan don't know a lot about a lot of different things, but Brother Keegan knows this. He knows that he has eternal life. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. There's the first witness. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record, the record that God gave of his son. So there's two witnesses there. There's a, there's a record or a witness inside yourself, and there's a second witness of a record that God has. Now that record has to be written somewhere. And here it is, it's written, it's slain right there in your lap. There's the written. What does the record say? It says in verse 11, and this is the record, that God had given to us eternal life. God has given us. You see that? This isn't something they have earned eternal life. God has given them eternal life. You see that? That's the record. The first thing about this record is it's given to you, and it's eternal life. And this life can't come through Buddha or Muhammad or some kind of work. This life is in, in His Son. And he's on, the only begotten Son of God is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So the first witness is with Himself. Turn to Romans, Romans chapter 8. Verse 15. It's real hard not to get excited about stuff like this. Because <laughs> see, that's what makes, keeps me keeping on. What keeps me going on is I know that I've got a place waiting for me in heaven. No matter what I do in the future. No matter how many times I screw up. And you know what I know about Brother Keegan? He's going to keep screwing up. But my salvation's still intact. I still got Jesus Christ. And look at ver- the first witnesses. It's in me. Verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage. Again, to fear. I have no fear. I don't have a spirit of fear in me. I'm not worried about hell. That's been took away from me. What have I received? But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 
You know how I know that spirit's in me? You know how I know that spirit's in me? Because when I've been at the bottom of the barrel, I mean, I can't scrape any further to the bottom of the barrel. And I'm in the worst pit I've ever been in. The first thing that comes out of my mouth is, Father, 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 I need some help. I'm brokenhearted. Father. Every time. It just, it just comes boiling out, Father. I've never had a real father. It's not natural for me to cry out, Father. It's more natural for me to cry out, Mama. <laughs> you know, you hear about these people being in war, and they're in war, and they're being shot, and they say when you're on a battlefield, you can hear men, grown men, crying out for their moms out on the battlefield. This guy right here has been on the battlefield of life. I've cried out for Father, my Father, my spiritual Father. It's in me. That's my, that's my Father. And if I can't rely on my Father, I have no hope. If my son thinks I'm going to disgrace, if my son thinks I'm going to disown him, my son has no hope. What keeps my son going on is he knows that no matter what he does, I'm still going to love him. I still got his back. I've got a father that loves me no matter what. He's never going to leave me and he's never going to forsake me. Verse 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I know I'm a child of God. I just, he said, well, how do you know? I just know I know. It's like the song we're singing. How do you know Jesus Christ is risen? How do you know Jesus Christ is alive? Because he's living in my heart. I can't, that's a spiritual thing that I can't, I can describe it all day long. But unless you take a long, tall drink of Jesus Christ, unless you take Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're never going to understand what I'm talking about. But I know that I know that I know that I'm going to heaven. There's a spirit that beareth witness to me. Back in 1 John chapter 5, I'm going to read you this one more time. It says, verse 10, He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself, and he that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Because you're not believing what God wrote, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. So there's a written record that God has wrote about his Son that should give you eternal life. And you should be a witness to you that you may know you have eternal life. There's a written record about that. So now through the rest of this service and through the rest of this sermon, I'm going to do the best of my ability. I'm going to give you scripture to show that you're once saved, always saved. Now I'm here to tell you, this is not all the scripture. I don't have time to give you every place in the Bible that's going to show you eternal security. We call it a doctrinal term. A doctrinal term is eternal security. An old, an old Baptist would say, once saved, always saved. Well, doctrinally, we say this is eternal security. In other words, you're secure eternally. You have eternal life. It's been given to you. It's the grace of God. Amen. It's a free gift. You can't take it back. A free gift can't be took back, or it's not a gift at all. God is not an ending giver. He's not going to give you something and take it back from you. It's given to you as a free gift because you asked for it and you received it, and it's never going to be took away from you. It's eternal life. It's eternal security. So as we go through the rest of the sermon, I'm going to show you the best of my ability some of these scriptures. But turn first to Numbers 23. Way back in Numbers 23, there's got to be a written record. You talk about a will that somebody makes out. Your will is no good unless you write it down. The best way to do it is to get a lawyer, let him write it up so there won't be any uh, ifs, ands, or buts. And he'll dot all the I's and cross all the T's and get everything in its proper place and get it written down and have you sign it and get somebody else to witness that you sign it. And then that will, is it, that's it right there, amen. But it's got to be written down. It's not enough to come to your son and say, yeah, I know your brother wants this piece of land, but I'm going to give all this to you. And when you go to court, you say, well, my dad said he's going to give it all to me. The judge is going to say, well, where's that in writing? I don't have no record of that. I need a record of that. So this is going to be your record. This book you're looking at, this is your record of what God has for you. This is his proof. If you, if he's, if you put God on trial, this is his evidence to show you that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. 
And it's got to be written down. It's not enough just to say it. Look at verse 19. God is not a man. Praise the Lord for that. God is not a man that he should lie. I'm glad God's not a liar like a lot of men I know. Like me, I'm a liar. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. That he does something then he changes his mind. If it's, it's, if it's an unflexible issue, God's not flexible about it. There's times in the Bible where God is flexible about some things. But there's sometimes where he says, this is the way it's going to be, and that's the way it is. The wages of sin is death. That's not flexible. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Oh, man, that's our God. If God said something, he's going to make it good. You know what you say about men like that? You say about men, he's good for his word. He's good for his word. You know, the man, he shakes his hand. He's good for his word. God's like that, see. God will make it good. God's going to make it good. Your bad stuff, he's going to make it good. So, man, he's not like man. Once he says this stuff, he's written it down. His word is on it. His name is attached to it. It's going to happen, guys. They were talking to this old Scottish lady, and they were talking to her about it. And she, was, she says, oh, I'm going to heaven. And they're like, how are you so sure? What if, you, what if God was to take you down and to throw you into hell? She said, well, he can't do that. And the guy said, why not? That lady said, if, he, if God was to take me and throw me in hell, all I would lose is my soul. But God would lose his good name. See, God's name means something to him. That's why you're not supposed to be taking his name in vain, amen? His name means something to him. And when he says, my name, by my name, by my power, I'm going to keep you. And I'm going to save you. What does that say right there? That says, it don't matter what you believe. It don't matter what you think about the matter. It doesn't matter if you think it makes more sense this way or if that doesn't make any kind of sense or that's not reasonable for God to do that. It doesn't matter what you think. It's all about what did God say. What did God say? Because see, it's not reasonable that I'm a sinner. I get saved by the grace of God and then I keep doing some of these sins. That's not reasonable that I could get to go to heaven. But it don't matter what reason is. It's what did God say. And listen to me, when you study the doctrine, you start to understand what God's doing. It don't have anything to do with me doing my works or doing sin. It has all to do with Jesus Christ being put on me. Amen. We're not going to get into the doctrinal issue of why you're eternally saved. Because I can doctrinally talk about that for two weeks. But we're just talking about the verses just to let you know, make sure you're assured that you are eternally saved. All right, let's get started. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Now, like I said, I'm not giving you every one of them, but I'm going to give you some of these that should be a blessing to you. And I hope they're a blessing to you. I was witness, uh, going to over to a guy's house that I led to the Lord. And I was witness, uh, wit- not witnessing to him, but talking to him and assuring him. And he's in a bad church, this bad church. This guy gets up at this church and he says he prints off his sermons off the internet. And he gets up there and he just reads off a piece of paper. And all he does is sit there and reads. And he mumbles. He said, I can't hear him. And I kept telling him, leave. Go to another church. He's not getting any kind of word of God. He's not getting nothing out of it. So guess what happens when I get over there? He's doubting his salvation. You know why you doubt your salvation? Because you're not getting enough of the word of God. When you get the written record, you don't doubt it anymore. When, you're, when your dad tells you, I'm going to give you this piece of land when I die. Some of y'all are going to believe that. But when you see that written down on a piece of paper and say, here, son, here's the will. And you have the written record that shows a will with his signature. And it's notarized and it says, Kegan Hall on certain, certain day on my passing will get certain, certain land. That's a written record. That gives you assurance that that's what's going to happen. That's what's going on here. It's not enough to talk about it. You need to hear it read. You need to read it for yourself. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 38. Look at, well, go up to verse 37. That's a good place to start. Nay, 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 in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You're going to conquer death, guys. 
Verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, those are demons, those are, that's satanic powers, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, whatever you're, whatever's happening in your life now, look, nor things to come, nor things to come, underline that, future sins, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. God's got a great love for you. He's your Father. There's nothing that's going to separate you from God the Father and His love for you. Nothing. Not even your future sins, nor things to come. It don't matter what changes in your life. He still loves you. He saved you. He's going to keep you. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. Now, you can either believe that or like John said, you can call him a liar. I believe him. I've got the witness in myself and I've got the written word and I am persuaded like Paul. Paul says, for I am persuaded. I'm persuaded too, Paul. I'm persuaded that God is not going to separate me from him, and I'm in that love, and it's in Jesus Christ, and there's nothing going to separate us out. I'm in Jesus Christ. Turn to John. Turn to John. Turn to John chapter, yeah, chapter 6. Turn to the Gospel of John chapter 6. I'm going to show you this to you. John Bunyan fought with this. Now, John Bunyan was the one, John Bunyan's the one, the man that wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Y'all have heard of Pilgrim's Progress? That's the second most printed book outside the King James Bible and published book. It, it got published in, back in the 1600s, uh, the Pilgrim's Progress. It's never been out of print. You can go find Pilgrim's Progress. They're still printing it today. Guys, that's 400 years. This guy that wrote this book was a great Christian. He was thrown in jail. He wrote that book while he's in jail. But this verse here, John chapter 6, look at verse 37. This is the verse that John Bunyan had a, him and the devil fought over. All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. And look at this. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Now that's the words of Jesus Christ. John Bunyan said, when I got a hold of that verse right there, he said, I, me and Satan started fighting over that verse. What does he mean by that? He means that what happened was that Satan started saying, that's not what that means. And John says, that's what that means. And John Bunyan, one of the greatest Christians that ever lived in this, in this era, said, if ever Satan and I did strive for any word of God in all my life, it was for this good word of Christ. He at one end and I at the other end, what work we made. It was... It said, it was for this in John, the Gospel of John, I say that we did so tug and strive. He said, him and the devil are striving over this one verse. He pulled and I pulled, but God be praised. I overcame him. I got sweetness from it, from this verse right here. What sweetness did he get? He said he read the end of that and it says, I will in no wise cast out. John Bunyan said, by no means for nothing whatsoever he hath done. Is God going to cast you out? Jesus is going to cast you out? Guys, when I came to Jesus Christ, the best way I know how, I know in my heart he's never going to cast me out. Amen. Never. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He says, I love this. He says, Thy, the words, those words you just read, those words I just read to you, no wise cast out. He says, those words were the nest of honey in the dead conquered lion. That lion being the devil. He conquered the devil by the words of Christ. He's never going to cast me out. And they were talking to this old man, and he wasn't very smart, and his name was Pete. And they were talking to old Pete, and they said, Oh, Pete, how do you know you're not going to go to hell? Because I just know I'm not going to go to hell. He said, What are you going to do when you go in there, and God takes you to the gates of hell? And he says, Okay, Pete, jump on in there into hell. Go to hell. 
What are you going to do? Peace going to say, I'm not going to go. I can't go, Lord. I know I belong in there, but I can't go. Because if I go, I got to take Jesus Christ with me. And me and Jesus Christ are one. And I know you're not going to throw your son into hell. See, King and Hall, I'm not here. I'm in Jesus Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. So wherever Jesus Christ goes, I'm going to go. So if Jesus Christ is going to be in heaven, guess where King and Hall is going to have to be? I'm with him. I'm in him. It's all about him. It don't have anything to do with King and Hall. I was a sinner before I met Jesus Christ. I'm going to be a sinner until I get rid of this old flesh. So what's the difference? Jesus Christ. I took him as my Lord and Savior. And he'll no wise cast you out. Let's look at a strong one. Look at John chapter 10. If you remember any of these this morning, remember this one. John chapter 10, verse 27 through 30. Have all kinds of trouble with people trying to figure out if they're saved. Am I saved? Am I not saved? Am I going to heaven? Am I not going to heaven? And they had this lady, and she was laying on her deathbed, and they came to her, and they said, uh, I want to ask you, are you a Christian? And she says, I'm trying to be. He said, well, that's not the answer I want. Are you a Christian? You're not a Christian. She said, well, I'm trying to be. So the pastor asked her, are you Mrs. Wright? And she said, yeah, I'm Mrs. Wright. He said, well, are you trying to be Mrs. Wright? No, I am Mrs. Wright. Well, when did you become Mrs. Wright? When I stood up and I took, I took, put my hand and they put that ring on there, I became Mrs. Wright. It's the same with Jesus Christ. Once you put your hand out, you become a Christian. That, there was a time and a place that took place. You either, you either are or you're not. Have you made that decision for Jesus Christ yet? Have you put your hand in the nail-scarred hand? Here's what he says to you. This is for you. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Who are you following? Are you following the media? Are you following what the media says? Are you following what the government says? Are you following what your scientist says? What your teacher says? Or are you following what Jesus Christ says? Who are you following? Amen. They follow me. I don't care if the world thinks he's stupid. I'm following Jesus Christ. Because here's why. Look at verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life. Notice he didn't say I, they earned eternal life. What did Jesus Christ say? I give unto them eternal life. I'm following Jesus Christ because he gave me eternal life. Now listen, friends. If somebody tells you they're going to give you eternal life, they better do something pretty spectacular. Amen. Because there's been lots of men in the world who've tried to claim that they're God and they're going to do this and do that. And they go right in the grave and they rot, don't they? So if you're going to claim you're going to give me eternal life, you better come up out of the grave and you better have eternal life. Well, that's why I trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior because He not only said, I'm going to give you eternal life, He came, came up and He is eternal life. He says to Mary, do you believe in the resurrection? She said, yeah, yeah, Lord, I believe. He says that to Martha, I, yeah, I believe. Jesus Christ says, no, I am. I am the resurrection. I am eternal life. And if somebody's going to give you eternal life, they better show you that they have eternal life, amen? And He did it through the resurrection and the power of the resurrection. We're not serving a philosophy or an idea or just some way of living. We're serving a living man named Jesus Christ. And we're following him. 2,000 years later, we're still following the same man that John was following, that Peter was following. Amen. Are you following him? Or are you just following an idea or a concept or a philosophy? Or you've you got to be following Jesus Christ because he's the one that can give you eternal life. Amen. Listen, I give unto them. I give unto them. They don't earn it. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Never, Lord. Never perish. <laughs> Amen. Grab a hold of this stuff. That's Jesus Christ. Those letters are written in red. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
God's got you. You're in the nail-scarred hands, guys, and you don't have nothing to worry about. And listen to me. You don't have God. God has you. It's not like you're grabbing hold of God. You were down here and you said, help. And the Lord reached down with his hands and he puts you in the nail-scarred hand. And isn't it a comfort to be laying in those hands and to feel that scar? He loved you enough to die for you. He loved you enough to bleed out for you. That's some real love. So a lot of people in my life would come to me and say, oh, I love you, Keegan. Very few of them, I believe, would ever die for me. This man did. And I feel the scars in his hands. And he says, hey, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And there ain't nobody great enough to take them out. Nobody's going to take me away from Jesus Christ. Not even me. I can't even jump out. Verse 29, my father, which gave them me, is greater than all. All what? All the armed forces in the whole world. He's greater than all the demonic forces of Satan in the whole world. Friends, let me tell you, he's greater than all your sins. He's greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. I and my father are one. See, when you get into Jesus Christ, you're getting in the Father. When you take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become a child of God. It's the parent's responsibility to take care of the child. It's the parent's responsibility to take care of that child. So when you become a son of God, you become a child of God, according to 1 John, it's God's responsibility. It's your Father's responsibility to take care of you. He pays the bills. He feeds you. He waters you. He clothes you. He gives you all your needs. He gives you security. And I'll tell you something else about a good father. You don't mess with their kids. Amen. That's the last thing you want to do is mess with one of their kids. It would be like a rooster jumping, jumping on a June bug. You just the last thing you want to do. Amen. You don't want to mess with my kid. You think I'm a preacher and everything. and Oh, he's a, he's a pastor. He's a, well, you jump on my kid in front of me. You'll see how unpastorly I can be. <laughs> Come unglued. If I have that kind of love for my son and I'm evil, how much more love does God have for you? Jesus said that. Grab a hold of this stuff, guys. It's your eternal life. You're saved. I'll never leave thee, and I'll never forsake thee. I'll give them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You've got it. You're never going to lose it. Praise the Lord. That's why you should be praising the Lord. That's why you should have the love, the joy, the peace, the happiness in the Lord. That's why you should be singing loud praises to the Lord, because you know where you're going. Let's finish off in 1 Peter chapter 1. And like I said, this isn't all of them. This gives you a taste of it. That you have eternal life, that you have eternal security, that you're in Christ Jesus. If God was to take you down to hell, he couldn't throw you in there because you're in Jesus Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. So there's a lot of doctrine to this, and I can't, I can't take the time to preach all the doctrine. But you're getting the verses here, and see what you think. Look at verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Okay, well, look at verse 3. Let's get the context, because this tells you how you got it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us, see you're born again, amen, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, how? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I just preached on that. It's his resurrection that gives you all this hope. Now look at verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible, there's no way it's going to rot away, undefiled, nobody can defile it, look, and that fadeth not away. It's not something that you got, and then 20 years down the road, it starts fading away, it starts fading away. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, now that I've been saved all these many years later, it's even stronger than it was before. It not only doesn't fade away, it becomes stronger in my heart that I've got an inheritance, I've got a heavenly home, and I'm waiting to get up there. It doesn't fade away, it actually gets stronger for me. 
Maybe because, you know why? Maybe because I've got a lot of loved ones that are already up there waiting on me. Amen. That might be what's going on. Reserved in heaven for you. You got a reservation, guys. A lot of y'all don't even realize it. I hope you do. God's got a reservation for you. It's like a fancy restaurant. You ever go to a fancy restaurant? I and we don't have fancy restaurants around here, but you know up in New York, I guess up in Dallas you might find some, but I mean a real fancy restaurant, you can't go without a reservation. And even if you're like us and you try to go to something as fancy as like Red Lobster, you know, that's about as fancy as me and my wife would ever get to, but you go to Red Lobster and you, you'll be there and you'll be waiting in line. Sometimes you wait like 45 minutes before they can seat you. And you have to wait all this time, and then there'll be people come walking right through all the crowd. They go in there, and they have a reservation to go and see them. That's you. God's already got your reservation. He's already got your table prepared. If you've got a reservation, you've got a time you're supposed to arrive. You might be at 40 years old. It might be at 60 years old. It might be at 100. I have no idea when God's got your reservation. But you've got a reservation. And I can't wait. I can't wait to get up there and see all my loved ones and to see Jesus Christ Get away from this old world. I can't wait to just wave this world goodbye. Okay, well, what if I break this reservation? What if I don't show up? Look at verse 5. Who are kept? How am I kept? Who are kept by the power of God? Guys, you should grab that verse and you should just sit, shed a tear in your Bible over that verse. How are you kept? By the power of God. Not by your own power. Because if it was up to Brother Keegan, I would have screwed it up a long time ago. I've tried to mess it up in so many different ways. But praise be to God, who are kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Amen. There's a reservation in heaven. It's incorruptible. Faith is not away. And that reservation is kept by the power of God, not your power. It's kept by the power of God. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Once you're born again, you can't become unborn. You know, you're just tough. That's your dad. And some of us on this earth have said, man, I wish I had a different dad. As sad as that is, some of us have said, I wish I had a different dad. But it doesn't change, does it? You got your dad. You're stuck with who you're born with. That's the way God is. God's stuck with you. You're stuck with him. He's adopted you. You become a child of God. It's his responsibility to take care of you. That's going to be by his power. He's going to keep you, not by your own. Aren't you so glad it's not by your own power? Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is said to be the written word. Jesus Christ is said to be the written record. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the A to Z. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Guys, you're holding, you're holding a piece of God right here in your lap right here. Amen. It's like Jesus Christ is this written word. Here's your soul. See how it's all faded away and crumpled up? I've written on here lies and pride. I've written on all these lust and murder and adultery and envy and jealousy. Idolatry. I've written all these different sins on this soul, on your soul. See how it's all, it's even got some grease stains on here. I find this old bag. I just dug it out as trash. That's your soul. See, that's, that represents your soul right there. There's nothing you can do to clean that up. This is the written word of God. This is your soul. When you take your soul and you put it in the written word and you close it up, all you see is the word. And I'm here to tell you, when you put your soul in Jesus Christ, wherever this book goes, that soul goes. And guys, I'm here to tell you, you don't see that soul anymore. What happened to the lion? What happened to the, what happened to the idolatry? It's in the Word. You're in Jesus Christ. And once you get in Jesus Christ, He's got you. They shall never, they shall never, they shall never perish. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, that's the salvation that Brother Keegan needed all along. 
I just needed to be able to lean on Jesus Christ and Him alone. Because if I had to trust in myself, I'd go straight to hell like a bullet. Keeps Keegan putting one foot in front of another is that I know that Jesus Christ loves me no matter what I do and He's going to take care of me and that i got a home reserved for me in heaven and that my loved ones are up there waiting on me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I feel sorry for you. I really do because you don't have any of these promises. He that hath the Son of God hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's just that simple. I have Jesus Christ and I have life. If you don't have Jesus Christ, you do not have life. You have death. You have hell waiting on you. But you can have him. See, God always gives us the bad news, but then he gives us the really good news. And the good news is you can have a soul that looks a lot like that piece of paper I put into this Bible. That's got lies and sin and pride and all that. You can have that soul and God will take your soul and put it in Jesus Christ. You don't have to worry about it anymore. It'll be done. That part is settled. That is done. Your reservation is made. And the power is kept by the power of God. And you can go to bed at night and you can lay on your head on the pillow and you can have peace. You might have cancer. You might have health problems. You might have all kinds of problems. But you know one thing for sure that nobody can take away from you is that if I die tonight, I know I have eternal life. I wrote these things on you that you may know you have eternal life. Do you have it? I hope you do. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall at Indian Gap Baptist Church. I got a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? Do you realize the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life? And Jesus Christ encouraged us in John chapter 3, verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Are you saved? Jesus says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you believed in the name of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10, verse 13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you think of a time you've called on Jesus Christ to save you? Well, if you haven't, friend, I encourage you to get down on your knees and pray as admit you're a sinner and ask Jesus Christ to save you the best way you know how. And I'm here to tell you that He will save you. Now, if you prayed that prayer or if you'd like to get a hold of us, contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com, IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.